You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. All right. Well, how many of you were with us last Wednesday night? Okay, most most of you. Uh, our power went out. Remember that? And as a result of that, we weren't able to um, uh, have recordings of video, audio, and so forth because of that. Because it, everything had to be reset and, and all kinds of things happened like that. So I want to accomplish two things tonight. I want to go back and hit a little bit of what we talked about last week because I feel it's super important. And uh, we don't have any recorded record, okay? So I want to go back and get that because really part of the whole purpose of this Holy Spirit series or anything that we teach is we always have something that we can go back to. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't preach everything on every service, but we can always point somebody to something that they need. So we want to have record of this. But also what I shared last week, I believe is very worthy of some review. And then we're going to take a little bit further and head into some new territory tonight. Is that good with you? That's what we're going to do anyway, but I just want to make you feel like you're part of the process there. Uh, two weeks ago tonight, we, uh, I taught on symbols of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, one of the symbols is oil. And we looked at several passages, and chiefly in James chapter 5, about anointing people with oil. And then we uh, taught that, and then we did that. And uh, we anointed uh, Pastor Mike, Pastor Heron, and, our, and myself. Between the three of us, we anointed about 800 people with oil on that night. And I've gotten some wonderful, wonderful um, uh, testimonies or praise reports of some things that have happened. I'm going to share just a couple of them with you. I've had a number of people say, and, and this may not be tangible for you, but very real for them, that it just like a centering kind of came into them, they'd felt real kind of scattered. Their joy and their peace had been kind of spread out all over the place. And they just kind of realized within a day or so that it's just like something just kind of came together on the inside. I spoke with a, um, a middle-aged man, and I won't give out any names or anything. And um, he'd been dealing with depression. He'd gone through uh, losing a job and then a while being unemployed and then got another job and then actually didn't work out. And, uh, he has started another job, um, recently and he feels better about it, but it wasn't like the job he had initially to start with. And so there's all these, you know, things going on and weighing a man down. And, um, he said it actually was really first time in his life was really feeling depressed. And when he was anointed with oil that night, he felt that um, just like, uh, and I'm looking for his word, his word wasn't this, but it's like a little thrill went through him. And then he realized a day or two later, he just realized, I, I am not depressed. Amen. I mean, it just is lifted and it's, and it's been gone from him. And you don't have to, you don't have to stay depressed. Okay. Amen. You don't have to. Then, um, I found out Sunday morning, precious couple that I've known for a couple of years. And all these are credible people. I know some, some people come up and said, I can fly now, you know, and, and things like that. But, uh, but these are all credible people. Um, and again, not, not giving names, but, um, 
husband and wife, and the wife had uh, been diagnosed with uh, mass in one of her breasts. And the doctor sent her then to specialists to go see what to do about that. And when he went to do further scans and testing, could not find anything, called the original doctor back and said, you know, are you sure? And, and then repeated several times, test again to make sure. And uh, the ultimate final word was no mass. Amen. So we thank God for that. And then uh, I got this email and husband and wife and the wife uh, said that her husband asked me to let you know that he has experienced multiple healings since the last healing service at NBC. And even his vision is improving. He is finding that his eyeglasses are now too strong. And he's going to have to have his eyes rechecked. Uh, not to mention the other problems he was believing for. Asthma, breathing problems, and intestinal upsets are completely gone. So can we give God glory for that tonight? Thank you, Lord. And it's not in the oil. Okay? It's, it's the touch of God. When, and this is one of the avenues which he said... Uh, call for the elders of the church to pray prayer of faith, anoint you with oil, and the Lord will raise you up. And at the same time, and if you've committed any sins, he'll forgive you. So that's like the bonus. It's the gift with purchase. Okay? And it's a wonderful thing. Amen? All right. Let me um, go back and just share a few things with you. I will not go as in-depth as I did um, last week. But John chapter 3, verse 6 In the New Living Translation, it says this, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. I want you to hear that. The Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Jesus said three verses earlier, you must be, anybody know? You must be born again. And then he starts to separate out that. There's a, there's a birth which comes, which is of the flesh. And so that, uh, my grandson Gavin, okay, that would be that. But then there's a, a, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit, or I like the new living here, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So that's when you become alive spiritually is when you are born again. And when you are born again, that's when your spiritual life begins. And so it's not by might and it's not by power. It's by, by the spirit. So I want to put this up here for you again. So we've got the spirit. And the first thing, you must be spirit born. You must be spirit born. So when you're born again, really what you are is you are spirit born. You're born of the spirit. The spirit came and gave you... Uh, Uh, gave you this spiritual life, the beginning of it. He gives birth to spiritual life in you. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, uh, in just the B portion of the verse, it says, be filled with the Spirit. Everybody say, be filled with the Spirit. It literally means keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. It does not stop with a single experience. It's something that... You and I are to be spirit filled. Now, let me stop right there. Okay. Because sometimes depending on where you come from, your tradition, your experience or whatever, that word spirit filled may scare you just a little bit. Okay. And I started out this whole series and I've repeated this several times. 
If you and I had never been to church and had never watched Christian television and had never talked to anybody about any of this, but we just opened up the, the Bible and read what the Bible would say, we'd say, sign me up. Okay. So what we're trying to do is get past all the things of man and denominations and all the scattered doctrine that would be around this based a lot of times just on experience uh, from somebody and just get back to the truth. And, and by doing that, we find that the Bible, how many of you believe the Bible? Amen. How many of you were with me a while ago when we were honoring God and saying that his word had authority? Okay. Okay. Well, the Bible says be filled with the spirit. I have no argument against that. Be filled with the spirit. And so you and I are to be spirit filled. And the way it is in the Greek, it's a present imperative. It's a command and it's a, it's a, a repeated command. It's a continuous and repeated action. And so when we are filled with the spirit, it's saying you need to keep on being filled. Implied as needed. So that you stay full. Okay. Uh, I don't want to make any comparison at all except for just the idea. But the gas tank on your car, okay, uh, you have to keep being filled. Yes. Yes. I know some of you have the miracle mobile and <laughs> well, God's just with me. I haven't filled up in three years. <laughs> it's because your mom's filling up for you or something, you know, okay. All right. All right. So, uh, thank God for mom, huh? But um, we are to be being filled. And, and I joke about this, but this is the truth. We have to be refilled because we leak. The problem is never with the Holy Spirit. The problem is with the vessel. And, and sometimes we just let it go. And then sometimes also in good Christian service, helping other people, you've, you can feel depleted. And the wonderful thing is we are to be not only spirit-born... We are to be, you know the answer, we are to be spirit filled. Now let's talk about it just for a moment. Jesus said that uh, in John 14, 16, I will pray the father and he will give you another helper, another helper that he may abide with you forever. So everybody say another helper. Okay. What that means in the Greek again is this. He said, I'm going to give you another one who is just like me. Jesus said that. I'm going to give you another one who's just like me. So there's going to be continuity. There'll be continuity in the ministry of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is just like who? So how many of you would want to be filled with Jesus? Okay. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. And John tells us, 1 John tells us that the, the Word, the Father, and the Spirit, these three are one. They're one. Now, we don't fully understand that, but hug it, okay? Embrace that and, and accept that, that that is the reality. They're never at odds with each other. And part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit even is to glorify Jesus. He's all about Jesus. And so what he's going to do, he's going to fulfill what Jesus was doing. So Jesus is saying, another comforter is going to come and he will do in my absence what I would do for you if I were here physically present with you. But he left and he said, and it's better for you that I leave. He said, because once I leave, then the Holy Spirit will come. You with me? Yes. 
And so I want to be, I am, and you want to be and should be filled with the spirit. Can I put this this way? The spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We, we need to be filled with him. And this is what he'll do for us. He'll do for us as a helper, as a comforter, what Jesus would do for us if Jesus was right here with us. Now, if I was sad, would Jesus help cheer me up? You think the Holy Spirit can do that? If, if I needed some help with something, figuring something out, do you think he, he would help? What if I'm dealing with some kind of temptation? You think the Holy Spirit, do you think if Jesus were here in person, he would, he'd help me out with that? And you know, sometimes let's just take temptation for a minute. If, if you're dealing with temptation, if Jesus were right here with you, he said, well, then stop looking over there. Turn this, turn this way. Don't do that. Don't, you know, he would, he would help us with, come on, I'm going to show you a better way. He would do that. You know, and if you were down and depressed and feeling fearful, if Jesus were with you, what would he, what would he do? He'd, he'd comfort you. He'd, he'd tell you things. He'd say, stop saying that. Don't say that when I've said that and I'll do this. Say what I said. I'm going to get you through this thing. And so he would help you no matter what it is. So anybody for this Bible thing called spirit filled? All right. Good deal. Now, I do need to hit on this. No matter what your position is, and we will teach on this in a few weeks, and I'll I'll break it out for you a little bit more. But no matter what your position is on when we were initially filled, some people say you got it all when you were born again. Um, You know, others believe there's several things that happen. Um, I personally believe, based on Scripture, that there's a separate spirit, uh, a separate uh, subsequent event that takes place. That by your will and by your faith, you ask for this to be filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. I I believe that. Um, We'll talk about more about that. But whatever your opinion, your tradition, whatever it is, we all do agree on this, that at some point you were filled. And now the Bible says to keep, keep being filled. Okay. And we'll talk about that before we leave uh, a little bit more. But can I tell you what I do? At least once a day and in the morning, I'll ask him, fill me fresh and anew. Well, how do you know you're empty? I don't, but let's top it off. <laughs> let's, let's top it off, okay, to get going. Because if you're going to leave on a trip, you're going, ah, oh, we, got, we got a tenth of, uh, of a tank, a twentieth of a tank. We're good for a while. No, it's just wisdom. Start full. Start full. And then sometimes, you know, you kind of hit a little bit of turbulence and have to travel a little tougher terrain through the day. So then by about milk break, I mean, I remember milk break in high school, in uh, elementary school, like 10 in the morning. That's called milk break. Y'all with me? Uh, and they bring a little thing with milk and it wasn't cold like it should be. You know, because they've been going to all the classes. Usually by then, Lord, it's me again. Okay. All right. Now, thirdly, Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are the as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Can I rephrase it for you? The sons of God, let me rephrase that for you, the children of God are led by the spirit of God. 
The children of God. What's a, what's a children of God? What is a child of God? How do you become one of those? John 1, 12 says, To as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, the privilege to be called the sons or the children of God, even to those who believed on his name. So when you believed on him, you were spirit, spirit born. And so if he birthed you, you are his, his child. So the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Say that with me. The children of God God are led by the spirit of God. And so that's a very, very important thing. John chapter 10 Jesus talks more about it too. And he said, my sheep, and it's another analogy here. My sheep know my voice, hear my voice, and another voice they will not follow. Now, what we do though, we know his voice. How many of you know his voice? Come on, you you know. But sometimes we, there are so many voices that we've, we've got to get to a place, and we talked a little bit about it on Sunday, of time out. You've got to let your mind and your heart and your emotions settle down, breathe, and then start to sense the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you something, that doesn't happen in 12 seconds. You're going to have to step away and settle down, breathe, and start to sense His his spirit, because he wants to lead you. He wants to help you. What do you think he'll help you with? Anything, anything direction. He may change up the way you go to work one day and you don't even know why. Just trust him. Now don't get weird about it. Okay. But just trust him. Sometimes you'll know. I don't know why I just feel prompted and the, and the more you practice this, the better you'll get at this, of being sensitive to him leading you. Oh, forgot here. And we are thirdly what? We're spirit-led. We've got to be sensitive to that and quick to respond to that. And, and we'll get better and better at that. And uh, if you're not sure, ask him again. Okay? Amen. Now, Galatians 4.19 says, my little children, who's that again? That's us. My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So fourthly, we are to be spirit, what? We're to be spirit formed. Sometimes I'm too tall for this board. Spirit formed. I like what the message Bible says. It says until Christ's life becomes visible in your life. The New Living Translation says until Christ is fully developed in your life. That means in fruit, in character, that not only can others see Jesus in you. Here's the real kicker. You can see Jesus in you. Because you have on the inside you go, tell you what I want to do. And then you have Jesus saying, we're not doing that. Here's what we're going to do. You're going, yes, sir. Sorry. He goes, I know. Don't leave me. I won't. I knew all this about you when I moved in, you know? Okay. I'm here to help. But him being formed in us, his fruit, his character, his nature, 
We take on his values. What's important to him is important to us. We start to love people more. Not judging folks, but loving folks. Realizing that hurt people hurt people. You know, sometimes you see, you know, you get so mad at some folks sometimes. You watch the news sometimes. You go, you know, I'll go back to this again. If I were God. But I'm not. But I mean, we see things, but I really have found myself more and more and more in recent years saying, I wonder who hurt them. Because they just didn't show up one day and they're a pirate. I mean, something, something happened. Who hurt them? And then you keep on going back and you realize, well, the person who hurt them, who hurt them? And see, it's part of this whole fall. And it's the damage that I keep talking to you about. That ministry is really about people repair. And thank God that we can be spirit formed. That he forms the life of Christ in us. The more that we'll yield to him. Amen. Amen. Now, this is very important. Spirit born and spirit filled. These should almost be just given. You know, this should be the condition in the state of every believer that they're spirit born and spirit filled. Can I get an amen from anybody? Tonight? Um, it is a personal goal in my heart that given a proper period of time that every person that would ever somehow be connected with this church would be spirit born and spirit filled. But people that and then the last uh, last four weeks now, I think, close to 100 people have walked the aisles on Sunday morning. Isn't that, isn't that an awesome thing? Some, some of those people, some of those people, it's their first time they've ever been here. It happens so much. And let me make a point of that. If you'll get folks here, the majority of the people that respond to the altar calls, their first time here. Get them here. Pray for them. Be nice to them. Invite them. Number one reason why people do anything. Somebody asked them. Pray and invite them. Get them here. It's amazing, you know, what, what God will do. But I've also, I've met some people that have responded and received Jesus as their Savior and got spirit born or born again, got saved. And they just kind of came and it took them a couple of weeks, took them a couple of months because they're still sorting through stuff. They're still damaged. They're still not trusting. They're, they've had bad church experience or whatever it would be, you know, and they're, and they're coming. So it's a goal that everybody would be born again, that they'd be spirit born. But also because then this is also commanded in Scripture. You must be born again and be filled with the Spirit. Imperative command in the, in the Greek. Present imperative must be born again and be filled with the spirit. So this should be, and let me put it this way. This is the legal part. Legal. And this make more sense in a moment. And this makes all the difference in eternity. That makes all the difference in eternity, especially number one, that you're born again. That's the biggie. That's the thing. Um, but then as the scripture said and commands that you, you've got to be filled as well. This has everything to do with your eternity. But in your life, 
Now, the thing that really makes a difference, because I've met people, you have too. Maybe three of them are here tonight. I don't know. Spirit born, spirit filled, but prideful, strifey, divisive, depressed, scattered, spirit born, spirit filled, but don't have it together. Here's the vital part. This is the part that we live out. I really don't care if a person says I'm spirit filled. Yay. Scripture said you should be. Here's the part. You ready for me? Here's the part that makes all the difference. That you're not just spirit born and spirit filled, but as a result of being spirit filled, you are now spirit led and spirit formed. Now the life of Christ is being formed in you. Now Jesus is seeing you. Now the Holy Spirit who knows everything about everything and everybody and knows how to direct you and help you and so forth. This makes the difference. Because I've met people that are born again and spirit filled and there's no real life change. There's no vital difference. Legally, yep. Spirit born, spirit filled. But no real difference in their life. The real difference comes when we go on into the next step here. And we are spirit led. We let him lead us and guide us and counsel us and correct us. And then as a result of that, you will be spirit formed. And now fruit and character are coming out in your life. And it becomes a real solid thing. And folks, this is the breed of people. This is the breed of people that God needs in the earth today. This. So everybody say it with me. Spirit born. Spirit filled. Spirit led. And spirit formed. Did that make sense to you? All right. Now let me go on and cover a couple of new things here tonight. In Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 4 and 5. Now, let me set this up for you. Jesus has already gone to the cross. And he has uh, risen from the dead. Y'all ever known anybody risen from the dead? Pretty amazing. He's risen from the dead. He's descended. He's ascended. He's glorified. He's back. He's at the beach. It's a godly thing. So make sure you go to a godly beach though. Okay. Okay. But anyway, I digress. Um, and he's with his disciples and he spends 40 days. Think what 40 days is. It's almost six weeks, almost six weeks with them, talking with them, teaching them concerning the kingdom of God, because they'd been with him three, three and a half years. They'd watched him. They heard him. They were with him in all these things. And now he's coming back and he's filling in the blanks. And he's telling them a few things. And he coaches them and, and structures them and, and shows them this is how the kingdom works. And guys, you got to get this. you got to get this because this message has to go to the ends of the earth. And so he finishes. And in Luke's gospel, he says, don't leave. Don't leave Jerusalem. That's just before he left and ascended and was seated at the right hand of God. He said, don't leave until you get power from on high. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, 
It says, in being assembled together with them, Jesus is with them. He commanded them, the same thing out of Luke. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And this is reference to the Holy Spirit. The, the promise or the gift of the Father is the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power. Everybody say power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so the Holy Spirit gives us power. And I had you repeat that word. The word power there is the Greek word. And and if you've been around Bible study or church at, at at all, For any length of time, you probably heard this, that that word power there is the Greek word dunamis. And it's the same root word that we would get our word dynamite. Okay? So it can be an extreme power. It means in the Greek here strength, power, ability to make you able or capable. I'll do that again. Strength, power, ability to make you able or capable capable. And the indication is this, it's beyond your own strength, power, ability, capability, capacity. So something that you don't have. So the promise of the father was to, through the Holy spirit, to give you some power that you don't have. How many of you know, there's some little bit of lack in our power sometime. Now this power does not make you weird. This power does not make you out of control. This power gives you strength and might and ability and capability to do some things. Now, it is not correct for us to just read it that the only reason for the power in Acts chapter 1-8 is so that you could be witnesses. That's not the only use of the power. Actually, the sentence breaks off there. You shall receive power and you shall be witnesses. Now, the power helps you to be witnesses. And can I emphasize something to you? It's to be witnesses, not to do witnessing. It's to be a witness. How are you going to be a witness? Be spirit-born, be spirit-filled, be spirit-led, be spirit-formed. And we'll talk a little bit more about witnessing later. But I want to direct you over to another thing that the power does real quick before we finish tonight. Romans chapter eight, verse 26. Y'all here getting anything out of this? Okay. Romans eight, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, period. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, we've already talked about this in previous weeks, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit will help you to pray? How many of you know that we need some help in prayer? And he will help us to pray. One of the ways he does it is bring things up to us. Another way that he does it, a powerful way, and I would encourage everybody to seek after this gift from God, is that he gives us a prayer language. He helps us to pray in the spirit or have that prayer language. And one of the things it does, it helps you to pray. And we read later to help you even pray out the perfect will of God concerning the saints. So that's an important thing. Now, what I want to direct you to, though, is the first sentence of this verse. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, 
period. And then it goes actually to another subject here. And it says, for we don't know how to pray as we ought. Okay. He will help you with that. But I I don't want to run past this one word here. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weakness. In our weakness. Everybody say weakness. And so he gives you power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Period. And the Spirit also helps in our weakness. This word, or weaknesses, it refers to either bodily or in your soul. Either in your body or in your soul. How many of you have ever felt weak in your body? And that could have to do with infirmity or sickness, weakness that way. But also in our soul. What is your soul? Your will, your intellect, your emotions, think, feel, decide. Also includes your subconscious. And so we need a little help there. And maybe you need help in your emotions sometimes. And your decisions and actions and behaviors and that kind of thing. And he will help you with this. Uh, The word here also means... Weakness means lack of strength, capacity, weak, or disadvantaged. And so what he will do, he will give you ability and capability. He'll give you strength and power and ability for where you don't have strength, power, ability, capacity, or you are weak or disadvantaged. He will help you where you are weak. Now, I want us to take that literally, okay? Where are you weak? Now, don't, don't shout it out loud. Pastor, I got a real problem. I want everybody to know. No, no. Think about it. Where are you weak? Are you inconsistent? Are you moody? Do you have a hard time making decisions? Is there some kind of stronghold? Are you easily discouraged? Where, where are you weak? Where are you weak? Are you having a hard time putting something together? Whatever it would be. I believe this. The spirit will help you where you're weak. That went over like really good. Where are you lacking capacity and ability? Where are you weak? Listen, if he cannot help us in our daily life, we're sunk. If he cannot help us in our day to day and our dealing with relationships and business and this and that and this and that, can he help us with this? Come on. Can he help us with this? You know, sometimes our, we're in such a commercial world. Alicia and I were talking about this the other day and we've talked about it before too. They churn out songs so much now. People are churning out songs mostly for this reason. Why are people churning out songs mostly? Why? money. I want to sell them. I want to be published. Did you know that when they were writing the hymns, one of the main reasons they were writing it was because they had a message. God had done something. They wanted to glorify God. It was a whole different thing. And now if we get hurt or sick or whatever, we've got 24 hour pharmacies and drugstores. And call the doctor, we can go to the emergency room, and you can do all that. What about, what about days, though, gone by where you just didn't have access to that stuff? Amen. Alicia has told me stories about her grandfather. And they didn't have access or money. There just weren't the things that we had today. And one of her uncles actually shot his toe off. And they're, at, they're way out. Can't get anywhere. 
One of them got bit by a snake. Can't get anywhere. What are we going to do when we get there anyway? If there was anything and there wasn't anything. And you know what they had to do? They had to have God help them. I said they had to have God help them. And I think sometimes we've let the God of Elijah stay somewhere back in history. And I want you to know something. He's right here. And he's right there in your life and he can help you. There is nothing that he cannot do. There's nothing that he cannot make. There's nothing that he cannot fix. He will help you. I said he will help you. And you will receive the power from the Holy Spirit. And part of what that power does, and we'll talk about more in the weeks to come, is to help you where you're weak. And so what if you, if there's something with your job or in your relationships, in your home, and you're, I'm not good at this. How about try this? Ask him to help you. I'm so desperate for God every, every time I get up here and in the hours and the days that it takes to prepare. I can't do this. I tell him all the time, I can't do this without you. I can put together some stuff. But the people don't need some stuff. They need some help. They need you. This you got to breathe into this. I'm not going out of this door. Last thing I say when I leave my office, Holy Spirit, you're on. And that's the way we need to live our life. I'm so glad to be spirit born, spirit filled. Let's all do a better job of being spirit led and spirit formed. Amen. Now, three things real quick. And you're thinking, Pastor, you can't do three things real quick. I know I'm weak, but he's going to help me. Number one, daily talks. We've been talking about this. Start early in the morning. Daily talks with God. And I'm not talking about the 30 second while you're waiting for your pop tart. <laughs> Taking the time. Daily talks. Pray with the understanding. Pray with the spirit. Talk to him. Let him talk to you through his word. Daily talks. You're designed for it from original creation. To walk and talk with God in the cool of the morning. Second. Be filled daily. Fresh fillings. Ask him to fill you and he will. And third thing is this. Ask him to help you where you're weak. Daily talks. Fresh fillings. And as a result of that, I think you're going to be better spirit led, spirit formed. And third thing is ask him to help you where you're weak. If you're going to go for a job interview or you got a sales call or you know, you're trying to fix something in your marriage or your finances or whatever. You got a project you're going to do. Could God help you to actually do a, a hands-on project? Do you think he could, he could help you? You lost some keys or an important paper. You think he might know where they are? Could I get a witness? Has anybody ever had him help you find some stuff? You know, it's like, where are my glasses? You know? <laughs> You're yelling at everybody, huh? You know, and slow down. Ask him. He will help you. He will help you. Amen. Let me close with this verse. John chapter 14, verse 16 in the Amplified. Jesus said, and I will, I will ask the father and he will give you another, just like me, another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener and stand by that he may remain with you forever.
Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.